there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Heck of a week nine Sunday in the NFL. And week nine's not over yet. We got a fun one coming up on Monday Night Football later today as we welcome you in to the Lombardi line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. And, and Michael, I feel like every now and then I come in here and I'm like, okay, it was another 500 weekend. It was da da da. This was maybe between college football and NFL, my best betting weekend of the entire year went 5 and 0 in the contest yesterday. Your picks were awesome. We like forced you to take Seattle so you ended up 3 and 1. But I went through the final like leans that you gave out, 9 and 2 on your opinions on every single game. Great Sunday. Oh, thank you. Same to you. You had 5 and 0 in the contest? Yep. I mean, that was fun. it's hard to do that contest. What did you go with in the contest? Who did you pick? So my contest picks, I went hard on, on Bengals and Chiefs. I was really excited about them, but I also had Eagles, Bears, Colts. So those were my five and got away. I contemplated putting the Jets in tonight, but elected not to have to sweat it out on a Monday. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And, you know, look, the Bears game, I mean, you know, it's one of those, it's like I had Houston plus the two. and I, I For Russo, I had three. And, I mean, that was a sweat all the way through. <laughs> You know, that game and, and the the Bears game and the Saints. I mean, the Bears are trying yeah. to make sure they don't cover, but you win. I mean, that's the way it is. <clears throat> Look, never apologize for being lucky because, like last night, I mean, let's talk about it. The Cowboys, 14 yeah. first downs in the fourth quarter, inside the 10-yard line, first and goal with the first and, first and five at the six and have a chance to win the game and can't do it. Mm. So sometimes it just doesn't flow your way. And when it does, you got you to feel good about it. Yeah, then you have some that are like the Houston Texans, right, where we took the three with the Buccaneers, and you actually needed that kneel down on the two-point conversion. The only reason you even yeah. get that is because <laughs> they're down to their running back as a kicker in the game. So, yeah, yeah you take the wins yeah. where you can get them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, look, everybody says, well, you got lucky on that one. Well, there's a lot of times you get unlucky too, right? Yeah. You know, so it goes both ways. Look, that was, look, that was an unbelievable. The first half. Todd Bowles is blitzing. He's got C.J. Stroud under control. The second half, Carlton 
I think it was Jamal Dean got hurt. They don't they don't blitz anymore. And next thing you know, the kid has a record second second half. He's got five touchdowns. He only has four incompletions and kills him, drives him down the field. But I thought the game last night to me was yeah. what was most telling about the game last night, Stormy, was the fact that Zach Thomas, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, said when he won the toss, he took the ball. And you say, why? Why would you take the ball? You're playing at home. Let them go against the home crowd. Let them deal with it. He wanted to play from in front. He knew he would score. He knew he would get the lead. Now, obviously, Buffalo came back and they scored. But he knew that if he could play from in front, which he did, it was going to be the way to go. Yeah, and how good was that opening drive, right? And you said yesterday going into that game as well, the opportunity to get a guy like Joe Burrow at under a field goal. There are a couple quarterbacks in the league, him, Patrick Mahomes, to name a few, that when you're getting that type of number, you can't help but want to back them at home. And that's what worked out well for Joe Burrow in this spot. And you look at his numbers from weeks one through four, where he's dealing with the calf injury, was, wasn't pretty. They're one in three, 58% completions, just two touchdowns, 4.8 yards per attempt. Ever since weeks five through eight, they are 4-0, 76% completions, which are the best in the NFL in that time. 10 passing touchdowns, 7.2 yards per attempt. He had 348 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. The Cincinnati Bengals are peaking. It is, they look, so, but is it the Ravens? Is it them? Like, who's the best team in the AFC right now? Is it Cincinnati? Is it, um, excuse me, the Kansas City Chiefs who still are kind of looking a little bit off. I think this battle at the top for that number one seed is going to be really, really intriguing this back half of the year. No question. But, you know, the Bengals last night, why we liked why we liked the Bengals, they're facing a team that was the opposite of them. I mean, in the first four games of the season, Buffalo defensively was one of the best teams in the league. The last four weeks of the season, Buffalo is the worst defense in the league. How about that, right? I know they've lost Milano. I know they've lost Daquan Jones. But they've gone from bad to they've gone from great to worse, and since he took advantage of it, I mean, when since he got the ball back with what three and a half minutes to go in the game, they closed it out. First play, throw the throw a pass to to Tyler Boyd. First down, they run it for a first down. They get around the corner. Von Miller's not even on the stat sheet. They're paying him all this money. They can't pressure the quarterback. I mean, Buffalo's headed. Buffalo's a, a very average team with a great quarterback. Who, by the way is now the sole proprietor of the most interceptions thrown since 2018 because Baker didn't throw one yesterday. He and Baker were tied going in the game. He threw another one. And the thing about this team, Michael, because of everything you just said, when Josh Allen is just a little bit off, it looks bad for Buffalo. Like, he has to be great. He has to have the Superman cape on for them to have success. So now at 5-4 and four on the year... Elliot and I were talking before the show, minus 110 both ways just to make the playoffs right now. They're sitting in the ninth spot in the AFC. What's most concerning for you about this team, and are they going to be able to put something together here? Five and four. They got four more road games. Okay? Yeah, tough so schedule So if they don't ahead. win another road game, they're nine and eight. That means they got to They got to win everything at home, which they can possibly do. They got Dallas at home. They have the Jets at home. They have Denver at home. And they have New England again. But they've got to go to Philly. They've got to go to Kansas City. They've got to go to the Chargers. And they've got to go to Miami. I mean, it's doable. But it's really going to be a challenge. And like you said so well, if he doesn't put the team on his back, they can't get there. I mean, they haven't not turned the ball over in a game since the Miami game that they won. They turned it over twice against Jacksonville, twice against the Giants, twice against New England. 
just once against Tampa and then twice yesterday. So, look, you know, and they can't stop anybody. Stormy, they haven't been able to stop anybody since, really, the Miami game. I mean, Miami's got almost 400 yards, but even bad teams, the Giants got 317 on them. New England, who can't move the ball at all, they got 364 on them. Think about that. New England threw for 258 against them. It was New England's best passing game. And New England couldn't throw the ball against the bad secondary of Washington yesterday. Think about that. I mean, New England actually threw for more yards than against Buffalo than they did against the bad Washington team. If, if you're a Bills fan, Michael, how concerned are you about the window closing for this team in terms of a Super Bowl? I think that's a little wrong uh, to say the window's closing. The window's closing on this team. Okay. The window's not closing on their future because as long as you have Josh Allen, that window's going to stay open. You just got to do a better job of picking players. You just got to do a better job of having a supporting cast around them. You know, they interviewed McDermott at halftime, and he made it sound like it was the it was the offense's fault, right? I mean, didn't the Bengals go right down the field and score three? They only scored three points in the second half, right? Yeah. I mean, he's talking about, well, we got to play better complementary football. No, your defense is too small. You've designed a nickel defense with basically safeties playing inside that people run the ball, that people can attack you physically. You've been out physical in every big game that you need to. Last year, Buffalo, in, in Buffalo against Cincinnati with a backup offensive line, you got out physical. It, it, it's really, that's the issue. Buffalo doesn't have enough physicality in their team offensively and defensively in the lines. I mean, you saw what happened. I mean, they pressured Allen. They got a little T.E. stunt going on the right side of the line. And next thing you know, Allen, if he can't get away from it, what would happen? If you put any other player on that team besides Allen or a Burrow, that kind of guy, what do you think that record is of that team? Not good. It's not. I mean, if, if, he, if, if he goes somewhere else, they're good. What's happening right there, if they have anybody else playing quarterback, it's a rough situation. And still at 5-4, and four, it's not looking up. Uh, another team, Michael, and we referenced the game briefly, the Dallas Cowboys, when it comes to the window this year, I, I'm curious your thoughts on, on the Dak Prescott of it all. Because yesterday against the Eagles, he was masterful for the majority of the game. You get down to that final drive when you need your team, you need your quarterback to give you an opportunity to win the game, and it's I feel bad putting it on Dak's shoulders again, but you're at the six-yard line, and you end up finishing that drive on the 30-yard line. You take a sack you can't take, and I don't know if that's on him, if it's on the protection, if it's on the coach for only putting five guys out there to protect. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's another situation where Dak Prescott doesn't win you the game when you need him to. Yeah, I mean, we said this. I've always maintained this. When Dak's got to throw it over 35 times, it's not going to be it, – it, it really doesn't lend itself. And they couldn't run the ball. They ran for 71 yards against Philly. But, look, let's face it. This, this Dallas team, they can't score in the red zone. They're 29th in the red zone scoring. They're 22nd on defense, right? They're good in all these situations. They had 14 first downs in the fourth quarter yesterday. They were inside the 10-yard line, I think, four times. They had six points. I mean, Greg Olson screaming on the TV for them <laughs> yeah. to go faster. It. What was he talking about? <laughs> Does he ever watch football? Like, you wanted that ball with four minutes to go, and you wanted to be able to, to score that touchdown with one second to go. You didn't want to give Philly that. They got Mariano Rivera on their sideline. I mean, they can close out most games. If it's third and one, you don't think they're going to get it? I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Like, so he wants them to go faster? That wasn't a two-possession game. They got lucky it was, but it wasn't. And they got lucky that even when it, when it did, when they didn't get the first down, 
They got the ball, what, the 14-yard line? It took a 36-yard penalty for them to get in at least have a chance. This Philly team, Michael, we talked about it yesterday. It hasn't been pretty at every step of the way, and it seemed like they were going to give the game away there at the end, but finding ways, critical sacks when you need to have them in the last few minutes. Um, they are 8-1 and one on the season now, best record in the NFL. You know, and, and, they ha- and as Jalen Hurts said after the game, they haven't played their best game. The last two weeks, they've given up over 400 yards of offense. Teams have moved the ball rarely well. I mean, look, the secondary you can attack. All this Bradbury and Slay, all this nonsense. Look, it's all down to what they did yesterday. I mean, Sweat's pressure, Riddick's pressure, inside Jalen. It's the defensive front that sets the tempo, right? I mean, that's the game. That is the game. I mean, they've given up 23 points to Dallas, 31 last week. That's what wins games. They won the Miami game because of their front. And so, to me, Hurts looks like he's still hurt. Yeah. But they find ways. This is what great teams do. Kansas City yesterday, no points in the second half, four first downs, and still win the game. Yep. Uh, For Hurts, still looking hobbled with that knee injury. Also, Dallas Goddard fractured his forearm. So, timeline on him, TBD. James Bradbury got injured on that PI. Lots more injuries to update and a, a wild Sunday in the NFL still to talk about. We'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024 and we're gonna get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
College Hoops tips off this week, and there's still time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. This year's guide has Matt Eumann's top 25 rankings. Who could be this season's Florida Atlantic? We've got all 32 conferences previewed, wooden award candidates, futures, and season-long prop bets. But the only way to get the guide is by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $120. You'll get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do through May 1st. That's all college basketball season, March Madness, and beyond. Just $120. Sign up today at VEASAN dot com slash subscribe Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bond and Tony with you I, I teased before the break that there were some injuries we needed to update and none bigger Michael I think than what happened with the New York Giants you finally get Daniel Jones back from the neck injury and you said it when we were previewing the game he was one play away from having a, another Tommy DeVito game and here we have it unfortunately an ACL tear Daniel Jones your 40 million dollar man is going to be done for the season Tommy DeVito comes in it wasn't pretty they lose 30 to six to the Raiders who just fired their head coach and offensive coordinator last week. Yeah. I mean, look, the the Raiders obviously play with a ton of energy. They opened up their playbook a little bit more. They gave Andy O'Connell a chance. They ran the football effectively and the giants looked like a team that was defeated. I mean, the fact is even when Daniel Jones was in the game, you could almost make the argument he had the torn ACL before the game because his first throw was a disaster. He missed two wide open receivers down the field And so the Giants are left with a mess to clean up. I mean, forget about your one play away from being having a Tommy DeVito game. You are now having a Tommy DeVito season, Stormy. You got Tommy DeVito (laughs) season ahead of you. I mean, how (laughs) many more games can we watch? Like, I want to know who watched Tommy DeVito this summer and said, yep, that's right. That's right. He's an NFL quarterback. Let's keep him on the roster. There's no problem with us playing him. Like, are you kidding me? I feel bad for the kid. I'm not her. This is not personal. Don't take this personal, Sonny. This is strictly business. I'm not. I'm not attacking him as a human. being. I'm attacking the qual. I'm attacking the decision making. Forget Tommy DeVito. Like he's not ready to play. Like you can't go into the season with him. You can, oh. just can't do it. I mean, it's like when the, the the Cardinals tried to play Trace McSorley last year. Are you kidding me? Or what they did with Clayton Toons. To me, what they did with Clayton Toons, just literally coaching him out practice. That's not fair to the kid to put him out there against that defense. But how do you yeah, watch practice all day long and say, oh, yeah, there's, I got that. Tommy's going to handle that. Yeah, what well, you said about Toon, though, your first start, rookie quarterback in the NFL, getting thrown to the fire against one of the best defenses in the NFL in the Cleveland Browns. He had 58 yards passing. It was just a, yeah, that was that was a rough performance. I thought that it was going to be a little bit better. I thought, I didn't think they were going to lay a goose egg in that spot, but it was ugly from start to finish against the Cleveland Browns yesterday. But but as for the Raiders, um, let's, go, let's transition from Tommy DeVito to the Raiders side of this because Antonio Pierce, was very, very much so focused on mindset and energy and culture and making sure that they came out with a different type of a fire about them. Obviously, good opportunity against a team like the Giants who are struggling and were in the situation that they were. But I think this was this was a necessary win for that team's confidence. And I mean, they were they were enjoying it, smoking the cigars in the locker room afterwards, yeah. all the things. Well, you could see it. I mean, the 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 all the you know the. I want to say not the pressure, but the the cloud that hung over them, and it really started last year. I mean, it started last year when they lost when they get lost the Arizona game after having a big lead, and then all of a sudden the fan base never got into this regime. I mean, let's be clear: yeah. how many times last year did they not they they wanted to fire him? He got a six year contract, and they were on the owner to fire him. 
you know, and they know the owner listens to the media. So, you know, that, 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 that wears on a team. It wore, wore on me. It wears on everybody. You know, oh, my God, they're going to get fired. They lose this game. They're going to get fired. And then when you have games where, you know, what I call they're, they're, there's losses and then there's real, they're fireable losses. And so, you know, we went through it. You know, the Saturday in the park, losing the game to Bayfield, you know, Tyson Badgett this year. You know, like yesterday, I mean, Arthur Smith loses a game to Josh Dobbs and credit Josh Dobbs, but Josh Dobbs never ran the two-minute drill for Minnesota, and he took him 75 yards down the field and beat him. Like, that's a fireable game you lose, right? And so this is what happened, and you could just see that that all that tension was gone the way the Ravens played, the way the Raiders played, and they opened up the playbook, they ran the football better than they ever had, and their defense was flying around. And look, the Giants are not any good. We know this. We've been saying the Giants aren't any good for pretty much over a year, nobody wants to believe it. They want to tell us we're giant haters. That's what they want to say. You're a giant hater. No, I, I'm actually an evaluator. Your team stinks. I have nothing. To, I don't hate the Giants. But I hate your decisions. And now they're going to be stuck with Daniel Jones as he rehabs this ACL, and and they're going to have to get and they get get 36 million of his contracts all guaranteed next year. Well, I'm a giant hater, at least for yesterday, because I had the over 37 and a half. And if they would have at least made that two point conversion, your girl would have gotten there. So neither here nor there. But last thing on the Raiders, obviously, the report came out yesterday leading into the games from Jay Glazer about a, a meeting that happened last week that ended up being the straw that broke the camel's back with Mark Davis going ahead and firing Josh McDaniels. There was this airing of grievances meeting and apparently players, lots of people, captains unloading on Josh McDaniels. He he ends up having Antonio Pierce talk to the group and he references his time with the Giants and how they felt like they could beat anybody and they beat the Patriots who were so good and all these things. Um, and then Josh McDaniel says, don't ever talk about the Patriots that way. And that's kind of how that ended. What did you make of the report? What's your understanding of all of these things? Well, I think there was a meeting, and I think there was an errance of, of grievances. I think it was probably very similar to the one they had on The Sopranos when they tried to put Chrissy into into yeah. uh, into rehab. You know, I'm sure it was one of those. It was hostile. It was angry. But look, the reason Josh McDaniels got fired wasn't because of some conversation between the Patriots and not disrespecting the Patriots. I mean, I just cited the games that got him fired. You know, and when you start Brian Hoyer against a team with a backup court with a rookie quarterback, you know, you basically who, you know, you give you, you basically said you, your, your teams are not going to compete the team that day. The team quit on him that day. The team quit on him. And I thought he was going to get fired after that game. And they waited until after the Detroit game. And so even though the Detroit game was on Monday night, but that game in Chicago was well, was, was something was before any meeting. And the meeting was, Clearly, everybody was there in their differences. Some people made some great points. Some people didn't. Some people just talked to talk. But the reality of this situation is, at the end of the day, nobody got anybody fired other than the decisions. The plan that came in, don't build a team around a receiver. Wrong thing to do. Sign Chandler Jones. That doesn't work out. Don't draft offensive and defensive linemen your first year. Pass on Jalen Carter. Don't pick him for Tyree Wilson. All these things, they add up, and there's nobody there to defend it. There's nobody there to defend it. And unfortunately, you know, people get caught up in a crossfire, and life goes on. I think what I've learned in life is no one person gets you fired. What gets you fired is your bad decisions, and that's what happened here. 
Yeah, Michael, and obviously we know you're, you're friends with Josh McDaniels. Your son was on the staff, and you're very close to the situation. So as always, appreciate your transparency and your honesty when talking about this team. Um, go to one of the, the better stories, though. You referenced the bad side of it with Atlanta, but what a remarkable performance from Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Five days with the team. Wow. He doesn't know anybody's name, let alone the playbook. So I guess that's when that aerospace engineering degree comes in handy because to deliver that win that way was incredible impressive what was really impressive was what did we say on the show we said that minnesota what made you not want to take minnesota in the game was that they couldn't run the ball and that was the most accurate thing we'll say i mean between between cam Akers, who's out for the season with the torn achilles yeah, and madison second one they had 24 carries for 69 yards that's what they those two guys combined for 24 carries for 69 yards, okay? Dobbs is the reason they ran the football. He had seven for 66. He scampers on fourth and seven, breaks a tackle, goes right, goes left, all of a sudden gets a first down. I mean, it's remarkable. Mm. Again, these are the kind of games that get you in trouble as a head coach, right? How many times do I have to keep saying, we're running Algier, but we're not running Robinson? Robinson gets 11 carries, Algier gets 12. Can I tell you the difference? 1.3 yards per attempt. Algiers 3-3, Robinson's 4-6. Now he fumbled and hurt him. But they're going back to Heineke again this week. Like, what message are you sending to your owner when you do that? What you're saying is, i got to win a game. The team senses that too, right? It's the same thing. You start Brian Hoyer, the team senses you're not really doing the best interest, right? Which is clearly the case. But you've been saying all offseason, Ritter's the guy, and now all of a sudden you're going to go with Heineke, and then you watch him play – I mean, I like the kid, but he's a he's a relief pitcher. He's going to yeah. pitch three or four innings. He's got to go the whole game. You're in trouble. Yeah, he's he's fine, right? And as a Bijan Robinson fantasy owner, I am a broken woman. But I feel for anybody that's got Kyle Pitts too, because how many balls that should be going to Kyle Pitts end up going to Jonu Smith? Pitts You're not is a weapon. The ball to Kyle. I I said that since the minute he was drafted. They call him a tight end. Nobody treats him like a tight end. He's a receiver. He's a big receiver. There's no matchup advantage. It's a it's really not a good pick. It really isn't. He's a great talent. But you pick that guy the eighth pick over on the draft. Meanwhile, you're 27th in the league in sacks allowed per percentage. You can't block anybody. All right, when we come back, we're going to go behind the book with Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. Still to come this hour, step into my office. We are just getting rolling on the Lombardi line. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? An appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk when you're stepping to my office. It's Step Into My Office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. All right, it's time for some tough love. The first guy stepping into the office today, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith. His team inexplicably losing to a quarterback that didn't know his team names, didn't take any reps at practice, was only with the team for five days, yet he goes on to lead a game-winning drive to make matters worse. This is not long after, mind you, Michael, that Arthur Smith talked about how it takes a lot of time in the NFL to build around a quarterback. Then they go and do that. Taylor Heineke was okay in his first start, but the offense continues to fail to utilize their talent. You called yesterday a fireable offense. Arthur Smith is in the office. How does he overcome this bad loss to turn things around? You know, one thing I've learned in my career, what fans want, what owners want, is they want to have some sense of hope. And when you go to Taylor Heineke, like when Josh McDaniels went to Brian Hoyer, 
the fans don't really have hope. You might be able to eke out a win, but you're not going to eke out a future. And I think you're being short-sighted here. Look, Ritter turns the ball over, so does Heineke. You know, you need to figure out who your best players are and get the ball to them. I know you've got a lot of toys. I know you do. But you've got to figure out what's going to be able to win the game for you and then focus on that. Right now, Jonu Smith is one of your better receivers. He actually plays tight end, and he's made big plays for you. So I think what you need to do is sit down and say, okay, these are the, these are the, these are the players that help me win games, and I'm getting the ball to those guys and move forward. But you better sell some hope to the front office and to your fan base, and Taylor Heineke isn't hopeful. Another ugly loss in an uglier quarterback situation with the New York Giants. Daniel Jones had his first game back since the neck injury, ends up tearing his ACL. He's done for the season in what was just the start of his new four-year $160 million contract. Tommy DeVito steps in, Tyrod Taylor on injured reserve. What should Joe Shane do as he steps into the office to help solve this quarterback situation moving forward? And would you advise him to look ahead to the 2024 QB class? Well, he's got to spend as much, Joe, you got to spend as much time on 2024 as possible. You're going to have to draft a quarterback. If you're going down this Daniel Jones coming off an ACL road, you might as well can in your resignation right now because that's going nowhere. But you need to get somebody in there that the players can believe in. And right now, unfortunately, young Tommy DeVito isn't what a player they can believe in. I don't know where that guy is. Maybe it's Matt Barkley. I don't know. I haven't watched him practice. But you're going to have to bring somebody in because you've gone into two games where you're one play away from DeVito having to play in them, and you've lost both games because DeVito had to play in them. You better fix it. I hate to say it, but Tommy DeVito, the Danny DeVito of quarterbacks, and not in a Emmy-winning way. Let's go to Mike McDaniel. Get your shine box. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, stepping into the office, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins six and zero this season when they're playing teams with a losing record. Over when they play teams that are over five hundred. Miami's high octane offense scores only fourteen against the Kansas City Chiefs this past week. If the Dolphins want to consider themselves among the AFC's elite, be true contenders, how should McDaniel proceed with this group? I think you learned a great deal in Germany. Your defense is there. Your defense is really close to being good. And you might shift from being a great offensive team to being a great defensive team. That's what you walk off that field. Look, you held Kansas City to five first downs in the second half. They didn't score a point. They weren't even able to run the clock out on you. That shows you how good you're playing defense. You're going to need to figure out how you're going to get this offense to where it could become a little bit more physical and you could take advantage of some of these better defenses because right now the bar for you to pass is too difficult. You can't handle great defenses. I mean, you went the whole first half with, what, five punts and a fumble. You can't start slow. And when the game's on the line, you and I both know that if someone's in front of Tua, it's not going to work. So you're going to need to figure it out. Now, Chun comes back. That'll help your run game. You need that. You're going to need to start to run the ball more than throw it at least early in the game because your running games right now going to keep you in it. I think your defense is going to be able to win games. From one paper tiger to maybe another due to their injuries, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is stepping in, Michael. The Bills are 0-5 ATS, 2-3 straight up their last five games. The injuries piling up. Josh Allen's thrown a pick in each game to this point of those. When he isn't perfect, it's ugly in Buffalo. Can Josh Allen lead the Bills to contention by himself? Or, and if not, are the Bills toast as a contender? You know, I, I think what you got to do, Josh, is stop trying to win all the games. 
but you got to play fast. I think what you must do is start the game in the first quarter, get that lead, because when you can play from in front, your team's different. You know you've got liabilities on defense. You know that. Your defense isn't going to get better. There's no rescue there for your defense. So every time you get the ball, you've got pressure to score, but don't put it all on yourself. Get the ball to the players that can make some plays for you and let them hope for and you've got to be able to run the football. Not you run it, but you've got to slow this game down a little bit. Your defense can't play 32 minutes. They just can't. They're not big enough. They don't hold up. So I think what you really need to do is you need to kind of rely on some other people, but try to get that win that first half because that's the only chance you have to be able to kind of turn this thing around. Your defense went from being the top five to now they're in the bottom five. Good pep top, Michael. Great stuff with all those guys stepping into the office. These last couple minutes of the segment, let's go back to, to Monday night football coming up tonight and the Jets who are getting three and a half points at home at MetLife Stadium against the Chargers. Uh, Jets have had a little Steelers in them. And I by that, I do not mean that they have a Hall of Fame coach, but um, five and three games have not been pretty, uh, right? Out, outgained, sorry, the, the yeah. Steelers were outgained in every game to this point. A quarterback that can make a handful of throws, but it's largely not good. Hope the defense can give you enough chances to win the game. I feel like they've got a lot of Steelers in them, the Jets do to this point. Uh, can they continue this little cover streak and winning stretch that they have had at home? You know, here's what I don't. Here's what's bothered me all week: Baltimore game against Seattle. All the money was coming in on on Seattle. Seattle was kind of the team that everybody was playing. That that was with five and a half. Then it got to six. Then it got to six and a half in Seattle. Okay, tonight, most all of the money is on the Jets. Eighty-two percent of the money is on the Jets. Yet the line moved to three and a half. You know, we heard Thomas Gable say. We had fair balance in the Cowboy game. That's why that line stayed the same. It didn't move. You know, it stayed right there. It wasn't going to move. Cincinnati was the same thing. There was a ton of money on Buffalo, and the line kind of tw- tw- uh, fell along. Now, it opened up originally with Cincinnati. They were the dog, and they went to the favorite. But this line smells to me. It, and everybody, go through it today. I don't know if anybody picking the Chargers. Everybody is on. Everybody is on the Jets. I understand that the public has had some really good plays, but this seems like a public play and a sharp play to me. I just know this. The Chargers, if they protect, they will throw the ball effectively. And how will the Jets score? Look, I know the Chargers' defense isn't very good, but let's be clear here. Zach Wilson hasn't thrown an interception in 170 passes. He's due. (laughs) He's probably due for two. Yeah, just one interception in the last five starts for Zach Wilson, which – is uncharacteristic for him. You're right. Uh, he also only has one touchdown the last three weeks, 58.3 completion percentage. It's ha- only two games this season that he's gone over 200 passing yards. So I'm with you. Like it's going to be, even with the Chargers defensive struggles, a struggle for this Jets team to score points. The total in this game is sitting 40, Michael. You also have a good Jets defense on the other side that's particularly good against the deep ball. For the Chargers in terms of point production, like when you look at this total of 40, does that make you want to lean under or what's your opinion on that total? I think, it, I mean, primetime games have a tendency always to go under. Yeah. Like last night, it went under. So you're bucking the trend if you go over. At 40, though, that's a, you know, what you're looking at is a 20 to 17 game, 21 17. You know, you're looking at one of those. I, I think to me, that's probably right. You know, I, I would probably lean slightly towards the under. Kellen Moore has played against this style of defense quite a bit. 
you know, so he's familiar with it. They should have a really good opening drive. And if you can make Zach Wilson play from behind, he's going to have to throw the football. And, you know, can they block Bosa? Can they block Khalil Mack? They're going to have to block those guys. And how much are the Jets willing to put Wilson in the game? They really don't. They try to They keep him kind of fo- tailored back. And then when they get to the red zone, they really tell them. Like, they're not passing up three points. Can that work tonight against some good offensive skill players? I don't know. If I, I'm gonna, I would lean Chargers tonight. I really would. Lay the three and a half because there's something fishy going on here. If all the money's coming on the Jets, why isn't that line moving back the other way? And to your point about the unders, 20 and 7 to the under in primetime games, all but one Monday night game this year have stayed under. Michael, you're ditching us for the next hour. You're ditching I us. I got to run to a book, but a book. yeah, I'm sorry, Stormy. I, I hate that this is the last time I'm going to leave. I won't be with you tomorrow, but I'll be back Wednesday. Don't worry. I so, I apologize, but this is my last book event of the year. Last book event. Have fun. Travel safe. You will be missed, but don't worry. We will be following the Twitter very, very closely. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I call my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Stormy Bonantoni and Femi Abebefe with you as we 
we welcome in great friend of the show, VEASAN NFL analyst Mike Pritchard. Of course, former longtime wide receiver in the National Football League, won a national championship in college with CU Boulder as well. Pritch, welcome in. Fun, fun NFL Week 9, especially for you. You keep cashing these parlays, my guy. (laughs) I know. I know. You know what? Um, I I don't have a system or anything like that, but uh, it's just, I I guess, the knowledge of when I played and and against the knowledge that I've learned at VEASAN from all of our betting experts. So I'm putting it all together. It's coming together for me, Stormy. Love it. The parlay prince it. is Pritch, man. Par- yeah, the- we're we're going to have to start having these discussions the on our Friday prince show. The parlay prince Pritchard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on, on, on our triple option when we have Palm back with us, the whole gang's back together, by the way, Friday. We uh, go. We're going to yep. have to have the parlay discussions here because I need to start getting in on these to go ahead and uh, build up the bankroll. But anywho, Pritch, we'll get to your points, though. We will get to your points. And uh, now that we're at the halfway point of this season, we're out through uh, week number nine here, at least with one more game left to go on Monday Night Football. Uh, what do you really think that has really stood out to you going forward about like how some of these teams can kind of improve and what we might see in the second half? Well, well Femi, I mean, it's, it's along the lines of what I'm using for these parlays and certainly, you know, teasers every once in a while. And, and I got a syndicate, as everybody knows, a teaser syndicate. <laughs> uh, all my boys, we grew up in Vegas and uh, they, they like to play the teasers and, and they're doing very, very well. But um, it, it's part of the notion that just like the NBA, just like the NHL, just like Major League Baseball, you know, the NFL changes once we get to November and December. Uh, and, you know, teams that can evolve. Um, I'm looking for those kind of teams, the ability to evolve, whether it's personnel, whether it's uh, matchups, you know, whether it, you know, offensively or defensively, they have advantages there versus teams that are stuck. Uh, And right now, uh, doing the work, there's more teams that are stuck. Uh, They cannot evolve. They cannot change. They cannot change personnel to get better. Uh, There's more teams that are stuck in the National Football League. Uh, so therefore, playing against those teams have been very beneficial. And, you know, I'm talking about teams like the Giants, like the Rams. You can throw the Falcons in there. I hate to say this, but your Cowboys mm. uh, fall into that column, too. <laughs> uh, and we talked about this on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. I-, I wish they had one more option. I wish they had one more playmaker on offense. That might have been a difference in that game yesterday uh, against the Eagles. So, uh, you know, Buffalo falling into that category. Miami, you know, these are good teams that are still... Uh, teams that have the inability to evolve uh, and they're stuck in their ways. And and sooner or later, the league's going to catch up with that. Rich, we were talking a little bit earlier about kind of deciphering who's the best team in the AFC, who's the best team in the league right now. Is it the Baltimore Ravens? Like, are they as legit as they have seemed? They are legit, Stormy. Um, it's hard to pinpoint the best team because I, I think it changes each and every week, which I love uh, about our league right now is in that, uh, it's, it's so fluid. Like the NFC, you know, the 49ers, your, your team, got off to a hot start. And, okay, now they're trying to evolve, right, with, with personnel changes and, and, uh, and whatnot. So uh, it's fascinating how these teams are starting to jockey a little bit uh, and position themselves. The Jaguars, nobody's really talking about the Jaguars. I know Femi hates the Jags. Uh, I know he does. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, are, they are a solid football team, and they're evolving. Um, but you know, in the AFC, I mean, the Bengals are coming on strong right now. Uh, it is hard to pinpoint the chiefs uh, are so steady, uh, as well. So, but the Ravens, I, I think they're putting it together, uh, and they're healthy, but it's so tough to pinpoint the best team right now, though.
Well, speaking of my hatred for the Jacksonville Jaguars, what's up, Duval County? Uh, How about the team that is right behind them in the standings in the AFC South, the Houston Texans? Wild game during the witching hour yesterday. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 39-37. C.J. Stroud for a rookie, 470 yards. That's a rookie record. Five touchdown passes. I mean, I don't want to say, have we ever seen this from a rookie quarterback? Because we've had some really good ones, whether it's the Herberts or the Dak Prescotts, all those guys in the past. But this seems like it's much better than we all thought that this would be early on in the year. Well, it's not expected, I think, right? I mean, D'Amico Ryans, uh, he, you know, he takes over a team. And uh, what we know about the Texans is they can't get out of their own way. Uh, I mean, I remember when they said Davis Mills was still the starter, and this was with C.J. Stroud. But uh, I, I love the fact that they made C.J. Stroud kind of earn the position, and he's done that on the field and off the field uh, as a leader as well. I mean, think about this young man, Femi, and, and Stormy, about how he assembles the team each and every week, uh, the team bonding a- aspect of it, uh, and is showing. I mean, these guys are playing very, very hard for this quarterback. Uh, and I said it on Lombardi Line a few weeks ago, Now the Texans got it right. They finally got it right at that key position. It's incumbent upon them to build that roster around him. I think they got the right coach too, uh, because what they're doing defensively is impressive. Uh, But they're, they're, you know, there's some players away. There there are several players away from being that contender, but they can get there quick, fast, in a hurry because they have the quarterback and they have the quarterback under this rookie contract. So uh, I love what he's doing. I know Warren Moon put out uh, a pretty good tweet, a pretty strong t- tweet uh, towards um, uh, CJ Stroud and, and praising him and being proud of him. So uh, I think CJ, he's got a, a great group of people around him, a great support system uh, and showing him what to do along the way as he grows. And he's humble enough to receive that instruction too. So very, very impressive, but, but it's just beginning for the young man. Yeah. A $5 favorite too, for offensive rookie of the year for a reason, the way that he has performed. And it wasn't just yesterday, like the yardage and the touchdowns, the no interceptions, but the poise to lead that go ahead drive win game winning touchdown with 10 seconds ago. Uh, just really, really impressed with the poise and everything that he has brought here with Mike Pritchard, Beeson's own NFL analyst, former NFL wide receiver. Uh, let's go to a quarterback situation. That's a little bit different. And that was with the Atlanta Falcons and Minnesota Vikings, your Falcons, by the way, Pritch, speaking of parlays, I was a Falcons minus four away from hitting a six teamer yesterday. So your girl <laughs> is going through some feels right now, but, but as a former player and somebody yeah. who, I feel like has seen it all in a lot of ways. How impressive was the performance from Josh Dobbs stepping into the situation that he did yesterday, having Kevin O'Connell in his ear, basically talking him through progressions and what the, the, what um, Atlanta was doing on the other side. How impressive was that from your perspective as somebody who's been in locker rooms and seen so much? Stormy, I I can't put into words how impressive, impressive that was. Um, First of all, there's so many layers to this, right? Uh, because not only the performance from Dobbs and, and you know, scrambling ability, his running ability, running uh, with, you know, scoring touchdowns that way, uh, improvising when he needed to, uh, but having a coach in your ear until they cut it off uh, and then being able to process that, right? Uh, we talk about Bryce Young a lot and, you know, and the processing information uh, and all this, right? And, and, and I think this is a great uh, pr- uh, portrayal of that uh, where, you know, Bryce is a rookie, you know, Josh Dobbs has been around. So being able to process what a coach is telling you in your, in your ear right before a snap uh, is one thing, but then certainly trying to uh, do all that during a week of practice and then perform it as a rookie is another thing. And, and I think Bryce will get there. Uh, but 
this also puts into context O'Connell from the sideline and totally understanding what Atlanta's trying to do to them defensively. And, and so it, it paints a picture of, of a coordinator or a play caller and what they're thinking, right? I, I wish there, I hope there's audio of this. I hope the NFL put audio on this. Record the because that would be that would be fascinating. Or exactly right. That would be so fascinating to understand what O'Connell was thinking and why he was calling these plays and what he's expecting. And the fact that Atlanta was giving it to him. Uh, and that, that was incredible to me. So uh, I, I thought it was a poor coaching job all the way around by the Falcons that allowed that to happen. But an incredible coaching job uh, from O'Connell and that staff and, and the performance of Dobbs. I mean, sometimes we think as players as robots, right, or quarterbacks just manage the game and all that. Uh, but you can't do that. You, there's a human element. Uh, there's certainly uh, a, a certain uh, uh, instinct and knowledge of the game. Uh, and then being able to comprehend and process uh, what somebody is telling you at, at the line of scrimmage uh, is so incredible. It, it, was a, it was a performance that I've never seen before. And I don't know if we'll ever see that again, to be honest with you. Yeah, and hopefully Netflix has been following around Josh Dobbs this year. That will be a fun uh, Netflix quarterback documentary yeah. there to see yes. him change teams and be able to have to do all this stuff here. Right. Coach, we got about 40 seconds left. Monday Night Football tonight, Chargers, Jets. The Jets right now a three-point home dog, total 41. Anything you like, side or total? Well, I, I don't want to press my luck, uh, right? I had a great weekend. <laughs> um, so I, I stayed away from the game. Uh, you know, the, the Chargers, they don't profile as a team on the road that brings a good defense. So they're going to have to do it all offensively. And now they're up against it with a good defense at home. I, I know the Zach Wilson uh, aspect is there as well. Uh, but there, there's, so many, there's so many different ways that the Jets can be successful offensively, going back to evolving uh, with the running game. As, as we know, the Chargers are not that physical of a football team. So uh, I, I don't want to lay a hook or anything like that uh, but, but, or catch it. What's the line right now? It's, it's down to three now. The hooks are gone. Okay, well, I mean, that's not a bad situation right there to catch three points. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Pritch. You're awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. Mike Pritchard, everybody. We'll be right Thank back you. on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.